Here's a fun fact hmm. that you may know now. The classic ska band Five Iron Frenzy did a song uh, whose chorus features actually the book that we're doing this week, which is pretty cool. I did know that. <laughs> I didn't know it five I mean, seconds ago, but I know it now. Yeah, I had to redo the intro because I didn't sound check properly. And I may not have sound checked properly the second time, but we'll see. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Hi, I'm Heidi, and a severe portion of my head is very, very shaved. Hi, my name's Rory, and uh, my hair is still there. And my librarian knows about this podcast. We're pretty obsessed with <laughs> books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers, spoilers ahead. ahead. I almost jumped in too fast. Fahrenheit 451, close your eyes and let it burn. You can tell it's ska. Yeah, there we go. It's <laughs> like, oh, yep, this is it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't just make that up. It's a real song. Oh, it was yes. put out by a real band. A real ska band. Well, yeah. Who is Fahrenheit 451 by? Ray Bradbury. I actually had to look at the book to <laughs> double check that. So <laughs> figured I'd give you a chance to talk. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, quick story. Mm-hmm. Most of these things that are highlight that I highlighted in this book, I highlighted as an eighth grader in eighth grade English because we read it then. You were so smart as a young. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to write an argumentative essay about it, and I needed quotes. Got you, got you. So I highlighted them. <laughs> That works. Um, uh, most of mine I highlighted a couple hours ago, flipping mm-hmm. through. So it's pretty annoying that I, like, this is a good book and I like it. And it's pretty annoying that I now don't have fun, nice, good books to read in class. Because all of these books that we read in class now are stupid and they're supposed to be like, you have to read above your age or your grade level. You have to read at your grade level. I'm like, I've been doing that. <laughs> I've been reading at a 12th grade grade level for years. I don't need the practice. <laughs> I just want to read good books. I don't care how they're written. <laughs> also, when did like depressing become intelligent? Why sad? Yeah. And this book is surprisingly not sad, despite having a nuclear fallout, which is yeah. just bonkers. Yeah, no, it's not that sad. It's like, a, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, that was a little stupid. Okay, I see why you got in trouble for that one. But, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's something, like, adventure spirity about it. And I feel like it's because the whole thing is based around the fireman pun. Uh-huh. Or the fireman twist, which, can you explain for the listeners if they haven't read this book? So the fireman twist is that the firemen burn books and start fires instead of uh, getting them or like taking them down. What is that called? Putting, Putting them, them out. out. <laughs> got there. You got there? Got there. I'll get Eventually. there when I get there. So yeah, these the firemen are like alarmed when there's like a book sighting because <laughs> in this book, <laughs> you're not allowed to have books. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. So um, when somebody's like, I think my neighbor has books, <laughs> they'll like come over <laughs> and like burn the books and like their houses have protective like stuff all around it so that they can just like set fire to the ha- set fire and like all the books are burned. But like most of the most of it's stays. fine. Yeah. yeah. And older houses, they'll just burn the ground yeah. because old houses are dumb. <laughs> oh, man. I love that so much. Like and yeah, the plot of the book is that a fireman named... Montag? Montag. That's how we're pronouncing it? Okay. A fireman named Montag uh, 
burns down a house, but the owner of the house and all of the books inside decides to die with the books. So he becomes a reader because he's like, that was intense. Why? Yeah. Why? Why was that worth it? That seems like How a weird that choice. So he uh, he becomes a reader and becomes a book person and all mm-hmm. kinds of fallout happens from that. Yes. Well, that is the plot of the book. Yeah, that's the yeah. whole plot. That's um, the plot. And that is as much of the plot as is necessary without you know spoiling everything. Spoilies. Without the spoilies beyond what spoilers yeah. ahead, the podcast named for spoiling <laughs> things can do. <laughs> <laughs> we've got roles I want to read a quote a few quotes actually from the introduction by Neil Gaiman who is mm-hmm. also a fantastic author by the way um, I recognized the world of outlawed authors and imagination with a fierce sort of familiar joy when I reread it as a teenager Fahrenheit 451 had become a book about independence about thinking for yourself it was about treasuring books and the descent inside of the of, co- of the covers of books. The descent inside the covers of books. Sorry. It was about how we as humans begin by burning books and end by burning people. Rereading it as an adult, I find myself marveling at the book once more. It is all of those things, yes, but it is also a period piece. Which yep. is just fantastic. Like, I love that he bothered to explain that, like, books about the future are never mm-hmm. trying to actually predict what they think Right. The future will be. They're just trying to be like, what if this one part of society became the dominant yeah. part of society? Yeah. Nobody's actually trying. No novelist is actually trying to predict the future. Yeah. No. No one in the humanities tries to no. do that. It's always a, some <laughs> mathematician who's like, it's going to be flying This is the cars. future. And then we're like over here like, you know, the future is kind of bleak. I think I'm going to drink some laundry detergent. <laughs> like people think they Excuse did Excuse me. Eat it. <laughs> Tide pop. Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 at the next level. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, the teller and the tale are very different. We must not forget that. Yes, yeah. especially in this era of like how crappy people are. Yeah, like you're allowed to watch a movie with an actor in it who turned out to be a scumbag. You know why? Yeah, because if we stop watching everything. From from the past, yeah. Like we should not hire those people anymore. Like they their career sh- should be ended, right? But uh, we still need stuff to do. So you're gonna have to exactly. Uh, you <laughs> can't cancel everyone and everything. We still have so much time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ideas, written ideas, are special. That's it. Mm. Those are all the quotes I wanted. Um, this is one of mine. Mm-hmm. A book is a loaded gun in the house next door. Burn it. Take the shot from the weapon. Breach man's mind. Dang it. I just like Breach Man's mind so much. So good. Also, this is, I don't know, Fahrenheit 451 feels like it's almost a parody of other books in the genre, like other predicty mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. There was a girl next door, he said slowly. She's gone now. I think dead. I can't even remember her face. But she was different. How, how did she happen? just Uh. it's like how did ray bradbury both like define and completely parody everyone else in the genre because all of these predict the future books oh Oh my gosh see i like a fun story about my eighth grade self because this is just bringing in eighth grade self vibes yeah (laughs) of course um i used to read like now that I think about it, a lot of, like, future books or, like, 
these society books like the giver and like that type of thing i used to read a lot of those which is like a little weird now that i think about it just because it was like a phase i don't know no because when you were in eighth grade what year was that (laughs) (laughs) 2014 like 2014 yeah like 20 2014 2015 yeah yeah Yeah, that era like of books was it like 2010 to 2015 was full of like ya novels especially that were like predictions of the future yeah and if you get into one of them then you like Right. a bunch all at once. So that actually makes a lot of sense. You'll notice that the predicting the future books got severely less, um, I don't know, written yeah. after November 2016. <laughs> for whatever reason that might be. Uh, you know, I don't have a clue. I would just like to <laughs> remind you before you finish your eighth grade story or tell you that uh, we had creative writing that night. Like we had a class and everyone showed up. It, no, it wasn't creative writing. It was uh, post-secularism. And everyone showed up. It's even better. It's even better. Everybody showed up in black. <laughs> like, not planned. Nobody communicated. Ever, for democracy, yeah. yeah. And then Catherine Ross and I are just sitting there very, like, sad and, you know, kind of sheepish. Uh-huh. It's our birthday. Like, <laughs> 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 As it turns um, out, Catherine and I share a birthday, so we're like, we're not the same. She's a, I think, a year older than me or two years older than mm-hmm. me, but we're just like, it's our birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I went to rehearsal that night. Did everyone wear black? No, I don't think so. I I don't remember. Like it wasn't all. Everybody black. just was very quiet, though. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody w- talked. Oh, I believe it. It wasn't like all black from head to toe. It was mm-hmm. just like. So, like someone who always wears blue jeans is wearing black jeans yeah. or like black shirts. It was just one of those yeah. things of like, it felt wrong to get dressed and not put on something black. <laughs> yeah. It feels wrong. It just feels wrong. Anyway, <laughs> your eighth grade self with your future predicting books. Yes. Like I'm just getting flashbacks to like, I think it's called Delirium. I don't really remember. <laughs> remember there was a cow in that book that got away from a science lab. Uh, that's the thing I can remember. And jumping over a fence and her getting scratched. Th- anyways. Uh, <laughs> this book reminded me vaguely of Anthem by Anne Rand, which is uh, amazing that I really love it anyway, because, mm-hmm. God, Anne Rand is the worst. <laughs> One of the only authors who I will bring up to tear down. Mm-hmm. It's like a punching bag of philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Anywho, more quotes from Fahrenheit 451, which is the book we're actually talking about on this episode. (laughs) The magic is only in what books say. How they... Restarting that. (laughs) The magic is only in what books say. How they stitch the patches of the universe together into one garment for us. Ooh, nice. That's a good one. Yeah, this whole book is just... Just about why books are important. <laughs> it's just it's it's post structuralism like at its finest. Oh. <laughs> uh. A million oddities, a door where a window should be, a top for a bottom, a side for a back, and then the city rolled over and fell down dead. The sound of its death came after. <sighs> Yep. Just Bradbury's sentences are fantastic. Yeah, they're great sentences. Honestly, I I 
am not a fan of the idea that you should write simply to the point that it's not beautiful and occasionally I'll run into something that people are like it's such a good book and I read it and it's like he said I'm tired she said me too and then they went to sleep together and I'm like (laughs) right (laughs) um Jason my boss you know him yeah um he he was talking about somebody he's like he speaks English well, which is a weird thing to say about someone because we all speak the language, but he seems to actually use English. And I was like, yes, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Also, the guy's, I don't remember his last name, but his first name's Alistair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He uses English. <laughs> you got to with a name like Alistair. Can you imagine yeah. an Alistair from the, like the <laughs> deep south or something? <laughs> like... Actually, yes. I can. <laughs> so intensely. But I don't like it. <laughs> I can so intensely. And what does the word quality mean? To me, it means texture. This book has pores. It has features. This book can go under the microscope. You'd find life under the glass, streaming past infinite profusion. He oh. just knows when to end a sentence and when mm-hmm. to continue. <laughs> like, he yep. just knows how to write a sentence. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to do it. How do you write sentences? <laughs> you must understand that our civilization is so vast that we can't have our minorities ups- uh, upset and stirred. Ask yourself, what do we want in this country above all? People want to be happy, isn't that right? Haven't you heard it all your life? I want to be happy, people say. Well, aren't they? Don't we keep them moving? Don't we give them fun? It's all we live for, isn't it? For pleasure, for titillation. And you must admit, our culture provides plenty of these. Yep. Yep. So I, I, I learned a fun statistic that I feel like speaks for itself. And it's that Pornhub saw a 6% uptick in traffic during the government shutdown. Oof. And you must admit our culture provides plenty of these. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, like, Fahrenheit 451 is like the worst of what the 50s could have imagined the future being like i have good news and different news about the future yeah (laughs) good news and different news just time traveling like y'all might as well desegregate now (laughs) also (laughs) also yeah everything's something yeah i just remember writing an essay about this book and it being an argumentative essay about why they aren't happy Mm. (laughs) yeah i like it Although I don't know how somebody would go the other way around. An argumentative <laughs> like, essay. that they are happy. Because it was like, pick a side, are they happy or not? Oh, <laughs> you know, you could go for happy. Yeah, but like... There's... Uh. Some people define happiness... The way I define happiness is the intersection between pleasure and meaning. Which I got in a college class. Like, mm-hmm. if it's pleasurable and seems meaningful, then, then it makes me happy. Right. But... The definition of happiness as this, like, the afterglow of pleasure, mm-hmm. would be very easy to achieve in this world because, like, the the four walls of television and all of that. It's like, can you argue that she is not happy? Not unless you argue that happiness has inherent meaning or that, like, to some extent, morality is tied up in whether or not you're happy. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think it is. I think it's hard yeah. to be. A, I think happiness that isn't tied up in morality is worthless. Yeah. Um, Like, it's not real happiness, but 
that is not a definition that everyone would agree with. So, yeah, you could argue that these people are happy. You could, but I wouldn't want to talk to that person. No, those are the kinds of people who write those books that we uh, criticized in the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. First thought I had. Or on the other hand, people who are like, who, there are people who define happiness as uh, meaning, Mm -hmm. like that they're 100% sure their actions are meaningful. And a lot of those people walk around like martyrs all the time. Yes. But also like, it doesn't have to be just meaning. Like it is to how I define it. Wow. Talking. (laughs) Happiness as I define it, it also is also like a, mix of like meaning and like pleasure and just that release and that type of thing and so yeah yeah (laughs) there are people who define happiness as exclusively meaning Mm -hmm. that those are those are people who also are not pleasant to be around because those are the type of people who say fun things at least in my experience like oh you went to the movies i fed the homeless this yeah exactly but they don't say it with a smile and I talk about the movies with a smile. Yeah. Have fun. It's not going to hurt you. Read books. They're not banned yet. <laughs> not yet. This this goes along greatly with what I uh, previously said because I did not say it well. <laughs> there, you said an interesting thing. Laughed Faber, without having read it. <laughs> are things that are things like that in books? But it came off the top of my mind. All the better. You didn't fancy it up for me or anyone, even yourself. <laughs> I have that thought about ten times a day. I also was open to <laughs> that quote, so I'm going to read the quote that comes right before it. That's the good part of dying. When you've got nothing to lose, you run any risk you want. Yep. <laughs> Fair. Oh, Bradbury, bringing it out. Oh, wow. And, and I mean, there's, there's a lot to talk about in this book. Mm-hmm. Going along with the quote before. And himself glanced to his hands to see what new thing they had done. (laughs) Ooh, I love that. Every morning. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. I wonder what hands are going to do today. Oh, that's different. Uh. Crickle, crackle. I drink Snapple. (laughs) Oh, boy. This is just a small thing. I think the cover design on the 60th anniversary edition is really nice oh, and really yes. classy. Um, yes. Don't judge a book by its cover is nonsense. That's why they put the I, cover on. I it. judge them all the time by its cover. That's literally like the first thing I do. Like romance novel covers are always so boring and mm-hmm. so like the same. Every single one mm-hmm. is the same exact cover. Or it's like half the reason why I don't like romance novels. White people almost kissing the new novel by yeah. Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, did you know Hallmark Channel doesn't cast interracial couples? Like, there aren't any in any Hallmark Channel movies. I believe it. Yeah, it's not that surprising. Yeah. Somebody would better tell Hallmark Channel with all their prairie romances that cowboys were usually black and or gay. Yep. Or in uh, American Indian. Mm-hmm. Native American. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Mexican, although that was a little less frequent because we were not on friendly terms with Mexico yeah. at the time. So yeah. less common. But st- when I say less, I don't mean uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like 30%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, uh, Horace won the West, which is one of the greatest historical facts ever. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was a tangent that doesn't lead back to this uh. book. <laughs> what does is... 
suppositional futures where it's like, let's just suppose that this thing grew yeah. and grew and grew. Which I think I enjoy that more than, like, I just enjoy, because this is a little suppositional. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Me, yeah. So, like, I just, I like those types of ones instead of a, like, this is exactly how it's supposed to go. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Also, it's a lot less interesting for me to, like, um, I'm trying to explain myself. You know how uh, cancer is just a healthy cell that doesn't know when to quit? Mm-hmm. I like books that take a facet of society and it's like, let's make it a cancer and write about the future yeah. in which this is cancer. Yeah. Like, rather than trying to predict, like, what the whole body will do, it's like, okay, yeah. let's take let's take people wanting to be entertained over wanting to be educated and make it cancerously yeah. bad. And that's Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. If you take, uh, let's take a return to older morality and the fear of disease to cancerous size, you get our movie, which mm-hmm. is V for Vendetta. Yep. Which... Uh. I know from reading older reviews when the movie came out that the plot of the film was considered ridiculous. <laughs> Those reviews have not aged as well as the film itself. Listen, we watched this, like, th- that was the first time you had watched it, right? Yeah. We watched this, um, <laughs> we watched this after November of 2016. <laughs> yep. In the, in the period since what John Green calls it the weird DC universe. Yep. So... Um, Heidi, me, Heidi, and the Yeti watched it for another film (laughs) class movie. The Yeti. Which, they're all movies that I was like, yeah, I have to watch this eventually, but, Mm -hmm. like, I never got around to it, and, like, I didn't want to have to rent it, so thanks, Chloe, for renting it for us. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And I, okay, I'm gonna be, I just love Natalie Portman so much. Oh, so much. Like, everything she's in, I'm just like, I'm willing to give this a chance on the basis that Natalie Portman is in it. That she gave it a chance. Yeah. (laughs) Just on the basis that Natalie Portman gave it a chance. Anyways. Thank you, film class, again, (laughs) for (laughs) segment on this. Yeah. 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 There was another movie from film class I actually almost suggested, mm-hmm. but I think this one fits better anyway. Yeah, so. I think I know which one you're talking about. but uh. I redacted <laughs> the name because I, I get the feeling we're going to eventually do it and yeah. kind of like yell splain. Yeah, no. But it's uh, not this episode, which yeah. is about V for Vendetta. Yes, which is uh, great. Yeah. Mm, great. It's also, apparently, sorry, continue. It's good in the sense that it's not good, but it's also so good. It's trying to do way too much. Uh, mm-hmm. And it fails at most of it, but it has like this weird maudlin charm. Yeah. I guess. Like, yeah. I was charmed by it, and I'm just like, I'm charmed. Nice oh. <laughs> oh. to meet you. I'm charmed. I'm V. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as uh. it turns out, stands for number five. Oh, love it. I just, I absolutely love There's a picture of me and the Yeti mm-hmm. kind of. Like, the Yeti's looking at me weird because I'm painting the back of my hand. And in the background, Heidi's painting V for Vendetta on the set of Oliver. Yep. <laughs> yes, we it, did. It ex- it's my home screen. And it explains all of us so completely. Well. I mean. <laughs> Entire dynamic. When solved. we did Oliver last summer, we set it in the post-apocalyptic future. Yeah. But still in London. Yeah. And you can try, but you will not convince me. That someone would not have tagged the V for V for Vendetta from V for Vendetta uh-huh. onto a wall in London in the post-apocalyptic yep. area era. Like no, 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 obviously. And in our Oliver, it was me. I was the tagger. 
Yep. You're the tagger. I do. I mean, we tagged the set a yeah, lot. No, it was just it was the a, three of it us. Was, it was tagged. We tagged it. Mm-hmm. Tagger. Little Banksy, Banksy reference yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. Your mom drew a, a genital on the map because she's fun. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't mean to. <laughs> There's no way that was a complete accident. <laughs> it was. Really? She's just like that. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I mean, it was really small. None of, yeah. I, none of us noticed until yeah. Megan pointed it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, fun fact, on uh, the 5th of November, mm-hmm. which I just forgot what it was called, but I remembered the date. Because uh-huh. <laughs> remember, remember, the 5th of November. Yeah. Guy, Guy Fox Guy Day. Guy Fox Day. Yep. Okay. Thank you. On Guy Fox Day in New Zealand, at least Auckland, where my mom grew up, uh, there every like Guy Fox Day, it's kind of like 4th of July for those who don't mm-hmm. know what that is. They like set off fireworks yeah. and have bonfires and stuff like that. And apparently like every year there was the screening of V for Vendetta at like this park where my oh mom my lived. And so <laughs> she used to go watch it and it <laughs> and so like the minute I m- uh, mentioned the like fireworks thing she like did a little dance of like like with oh hand gestures <laughs> and like all of this and apparently they like did that like they did the fireworks to that thing and i oh just yeah. it's a oh. guy fox day is weird also they celebrate it in like i think everywhere british except for america because yeah. we independence yeah because but we were like nah we were already out by the time guy yeah. fox happened like we yeah. weren't a part of, but anywhere that was a part of britain um that is a white country yeah gonna put it that way yeah uh celebrates or considers celebrating except for maybe canada because they sided with us not during the revolutionary war but just in general canada has been hanging out with big brother although i think they know about it oh yeah everybody yeah well like i think they like i don't know it might be like a decision and like they celebrate but like we're not really into it like how like quebec doesn't french (laughs) the french don't (laughs) it's because they're french french (laughs) But the to get back to the story we yeah, were sorry. telling, uh, the plot of V for Vendetta seemed unrealistic up to a point. But now if you said that the government, this is a big spoiler, <laughs> developed a disease so that they could develop a cure for it, so that they could control all of society, or not the government, but like a small pocket yep. of investors yep. and billionaires yep. took over the government <laughs> by... <laughs> developing a disease that they possess the cure for and made an extreme right-wing Christian state based on moral fascism, you would not have a bizarre plot because the weird timeline we're all stuck in is only about mm, the second half of that sentence away from... Yeah. (laughs) Like... Oh, my word. My word. <laughs> my word. It's just like... It was dang. just us sitting there watching the movie like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. All right. Let's all get some masks. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, people. This masks needs to be screened. <laughs> this movie needs to be screened. Yeah. At, oh, like, man. parks mm-hmm. and, like, public... Yeah. I don't know, places. Yeah. It needs to be shown in schools. In like history classes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's h- what's h- 
hilarious slash sad. This is the conspiracy episode, and I think that's what we may have to call it. Mm-hmm. Anywho, <laughs> um, what's kind of weird slash frightening is like all of these suppositional futures. Uh, anything written like after the invention of basically, let's say the telephone, mm-hmm. pretty much yep. has like an extreme dependence on communication being abused and turned into spying by the government. Yeah. Or by a large organization or corporation that people buy into for convenience reasons. Yeah. And then uh, that organization or corporation or whatever yeah. can get a vast amount of information that can then be used by whomever. Yes. And then I'm just like, wow, that's so bizarre. And I think I want to post on Facebook about it. And then I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because every other day, Facebook <laughs> has a new yeah. privacy violation. I'm just like, oh, did you know they sold your data? And I'm just like, my data's not worth much. But, <laughs> but I'm go glad. for it, man. <laughs> it's like, there's this great Ashley Ford quote from uh, her her guest spot on Bad With Money, where she's just like, it used to be if somebody tried to mug me, I was like, good luck. I hope it goes well, because I yeah. have no money. Yeah. <laughs> like, I practice mean, for later. Sorry, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> practice round. I think there's like $5 on this yogurt land card. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, all these suppositional books is just like, huh, you don't have to suppose that hard. Yeah. Just go, just turn your head like 0.5 degrees to mm-hmm. the left and be like, Oh, there it is. Yeah, point five is being generous too. I mean, like yeah, no, I'm just I'm generalizing. Yeah, here. at most point five. Yeah, I mean, just really, I'm one bad PMS away from buying a cape and a mask and some size. <laughs> and some size. <laughs> he uses size. That's his weapon of choice. V runs around with knives and size. <laughs> Where can I buy some size? I'm going to look on Amazon. You keep (laughs) talking for a second. I need to check something. I mean, I know that... I also know that... Oh, I know why he used size. I remember. Hmm. I heard a myth. Hmm. I don't know if it's 100% true. But I heard it in, like, Taekwondo class. So I think it's probably likely that, like, the reason that size were the weapons of ninjas is because... uh, it's actually pretty much like a, a slightly modified garden fork. Right. Like those little rakey, th- like the yeah. handheld rake. Like it's basically a handheld rake yeah. thing. And so a size is a farm implement, but it's always also been a weapon of the revolution. Yeah. So I think it's the a revolution. Yeah. revolution. Yeah. He used them like as a F you to the, to the man. Revolution. <laughs> I mean, if you stab someone with a sigh, you are quite literally sticking it to the man. Yeah. So. Quite literally. I can see V being real into that. See, like the minute, like you said, I'm going to buy some sighs. And I heard S-I-G-H-S. I mean, it's not hard to do that. Go on. <laughs> I was just, but you have so many. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you need more? I'm rich in size. Okay, so the second search result is size weapon. Ooh, Liberty Imports Ninja Warriors weapons playset is $18. Blades USA is 19 Ooh. I've got $19. Ooh, let me see. Yeah, I don't really need the size, but now I'm thinking about it. Title. Hey. <laughs> Look, if I'm going to buy the size, I might as well go the go whole hog and get the trench coat and the mask. 
I already shaved my head. Yep. <laughs> like, we're good to go. We're good to go. Maybe that's why V for Vendetta felt appropriate. Yeah. Uh, well, no. no. I think it's more because of the book. but You know, you because know. of the content of the two. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit of being uncomfortable to make sure that thing things remain free versus safety and security and all that. Like, yeah, that is pretty much the heart of the conflict in America. Like, how many school shootings are worth being able to protect your home with a gun? Yep. Is it like we're not going to yeah. try to answer that question? No. But like <laughs> the fact that that is kind of the question as it yeah. is framed a lot of the time, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, th- I don't like trying to do that math. Like, it feels very yeah. much the trolley problem. Yeah. At the same time, it also feels very like, okay, but that is like a that is a question like yeah how nice is it to be able to access like all the information on the planet but i also give up in a lot of ways my own privacy by doing so like yeah that one's less controversial yeah you know are you willing to give up uh, the privacy of your identity to be part of the uh dissemination of knowledge which is better or is it just different I'd give up my privacy. Yeah, hermits are annoying. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, I don't have anything bad. (laughs) I played exactly four takes of Faber (laughs) in the Yeti's uh, Fahrenheit 451 book trailer we did. Yeah. And that was enough to tell me hermits are annoying and I don't want to be one. Exactly. And I played the the girl that he talked about. Oh, yeah. You played the weird girl. I played the weird girl who's like, hey, so how you doing? How's your day? Do you like daisies? I like daisies. Or was it? What do you call it? I don't know. And you also played the weird girl in Turtles All the Way Down. I'm the weird girl. <laughs> and I get to play, like, the random doctor. Yeah. The psychologist, the professor. You just look like a scholar. So, I mean. I am also technically a scholar. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look like one. I really give off that whole let me prove you wrong vibe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, watch V for Vendetta. Have lower expectations than you currently have, and you will enjoy it immensely. Yeah. If you go into it expecting a great movie, you will be sorely disappointed. If you go into it expecting something between, mm, let's say, Star Wars Episode Three and the experience of reading Fahrenheit 451, like something mm-hmm. between that, like mm-hmm. we're we're looking at like uh between a D and a B, you mm-hmm. will have an A plus experience. Yeah. Because I am not a, f- like, I am a big believer in, like, you can like something a lot more than it's, quote, worth. Yeah. Like, something that's not super well done might be your favorite. I mean, yeah. one of my recs was unfinished paintings. So, you can tell. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. They're great. It's so I also have a new painting, which I'll talk to you later about, because that doesn't need to go in here. Hey, new painting. Yeah. Cool. Everything is fine. Everything is awesome. <laughs> and you know, this episode's been going for a little while, but you know what? Huh. It might be over soon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Your transitions are back. <laughs> they, yeah. They've joined us <laughs> in the new year. <laughs> well, the last one, it was just like, oh my gosh, we've been talking about safe for longer than most of our episodes. <laughs> we need to find a way out now. <laughs> We have to leave. We have to, to leave, leave now. now. One plane, then another. <laughs> this is also the episode I decide to sing <laughs> a lot. I can tell. <laughs> can uh. you tell I spent all day with a book and need to get my singing yes. out? 
Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about 22 A Million by Bon Iver, which is one of my favorite indie albums that is also massively successful. It's so good. <laughs> indie, not in the sense of not having a label. Indie in the sense of like, what are what genre are you going to call it? Yeah. Weird hitting a garbage can <laughs> with reverb singing? That's a long title. <laughs> like, can we make that a thing? <laughs> New genre, genre, garbage can. Garbage can <laughs> drums. Garbage can drums. Yeah. I mean, new f- funky instrument. Yeah. For Emma was recorded in a cabin in the, s- like, he was snowed in in a cabin, having just been broken up with and uh-huh. made the saddest album in the world. And now Justin Vernon has made a career out of continuing the sounds you make in a cabin in the snow. Yeah. And you know what? Turns out, Justin, it's not over soon. No. <laughs> I mean, it'll be over sooner than later, but I hope it's later than later. It's not over yet. Also, this album's so weird. Like, yeah, the self-titled or for Emma, it's like, yeah. Uh, I love a good weird music yeah. adventure. Like, we were listening the first time I heard it. My dad and I were were driving, and we were um, mm-hmm. going to get sushi, and we got very lost <laughs> on our on our way because we took that like a different freeway. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels about right, and it's also like, yeah, the experience of listening to this album for the first time in surround sound. Yep. Cannot recommend enough. Oh, yep. Yep, that is a big mood. Do you have a favorite song from this album? It might literally just be 22. It Mine is either 22 or 10. Yeah. Uh, Death Breast? Yeah. Also, I just... <laughs> the names are so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, not, like, the actual names, but, like, how they are written. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> so weird. I love it. I love the album artwork, too, because it's, it's really... Yeah. I mean, it's rare that you get artwork that actually... You know what? I'm going to assert it. Reliant K's Air for Free, Copeland's Exora, Bonavera's 22 A Million, and, like, maybe Rubber Soul by the Beatles are mm-hmm. the only albums I can think of off the top of my head, naturally. Mm-hmm. That, like, looking at the album, you already know how it sounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're like, yep, 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 yep. yep. Oh, everything by May, because they do that really, yeah. they, like, way go out of their way to do that. Right. But, like, most albums, I don't know. It's not a bad thing. It's just it's rare that you yeah. see an album and you're like, right, yes, I know exactly what to expect from I this. I see this album. I, I can see sounds. <laughs> I, can I can't. See I'm not a synesthetic. But I know a few. Oh, so cool. They can see sound. They're so cool. It's so I'm cool. Wobby. <laughs> oh, man. I love asking a synesthetic what my voice sounds like, because as a trained singer, it's usually okay. Yeah, mine's fun. It's like velvety from my chest, mauve, like, it's so fun. Yeah, mine- <laughs> I love that vibe. <laughs> yeah, mine's like purple vibe sunsets, yeah. desert sunset stuff. Yeah. I've seen a lot of desert sunsets, so I ain't mad, bro. <laughs> I, I ain't mad. <laughs> Why be mad when you can be glad? Having your voice described as velvet mm-hmm. sounds- it's a great time. Yeah. It feels great. How The only way I can describe the way this album sounds is if you plugged your microphone into like a really intense reverb delay mm-hmm. and then hit a trash can. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's the whole thing. It's like, great. And like I maybe a synth. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it really is. It's it's really easy to listen to if you don't try to listen for anything. Yes. Um. This, this, this is something where I feel like not in the sense that like big brother is watching you, but in the sense of like you're, you're 
have to listen eloquently to this album. Yeah. And in this case, you just kind of got to let it do its thing. Like, yeah. There's no. <laughs> just let it happen. Yeah. It's like trying to predict which part of the log will flame up next. Mm-hmm. Like when you watch a fire, if you try to predict like where the little tongues of flame will come next, you get dizzy very fast. Yeah. If you just watch the darn thing flicker. Yeah. It's so relaxing and nice. Yeah. See, and the mood I get from this is a very specific time in which we listened to this specific song, the 22 over mm-hmm. soon, um, was when we were, like, driving through that, like, private neighborhood, and, like, the private neighborhoods on Maui are gorgeous, and, like, so they're nice. just trees and, like, bushes everywhere, and just, like, mm-hmm. this cold, like, forest vibe, but, like, clean forest, and then, like, mm-hmm. the occasional, like, gorgeous house, that is the mood I got because it was like dark and the AC was like very cold and the, I had whipped cream and iced tea. And mm-hmm. so I that is the first thing I think about whenever I hear this song. Whipped cream, passion tea. That's our yeah. of every episode. <laughs> Go yeah. to Starbucks, get a passion tea, ask for whipped cream on top. They will look at you funny and then you will enjoy your drink. And then you <laughs> will continue to drink it. Because your enjoyment of something is not contingent upon the barista's opinion of it. Yep. <laughs> I'd wear that on a shirt. <laughs> I'd wear that on a shirt. <laughs> My enjoyment of the coffee is not contingent of your opinion on it. <laughs> yep. I I need that shirt. Yeah. Well, if we have more sponsors, we will print merch. And they will be quotes from this podcast. And they will be yeah. very wearable and enjoyable. And we will not just have shirts that just say spoilers ahead we will have cool stuff sponsors we love you yes we need very you. much please exist hey <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys this has been a weird episode <laughs> i'm really enjoying it last episode was our most professional and yeah. like put together and this one is just like i like i don't natalie know how portman to speak today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, natalie portman me wearing a ponytail and pretending to be an old man professor Trash yep. can reverb. Knives trash can and size. reverb. <laughs> trash can reverb. That is this episode. It's just trash can reverb. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm writing down <laughs> all of the options we have for the title <laughs> uh, of this episode. You who are listening will already know, mostly because yes. uh, the episode title shows up when it, you get your notification. Yes. We don't know we. yet. I d- d- beats me. Beats me too. I just know that. Uh, Nope. I actually don't know. All I know is that I didn't say anything grossly offensive that I need to edit out. Because, you know, this is a conversation. It's unscripted. Can you tell? Yeah. And so sometimes <laughs> we say something that comes off, uh, like, all the way wrong. Yeah. And we're like, wait, no. Um, uh. See, we've f- gotten good at translating each other in our own minds, like mm-hmm. a, like a filter in our in each other's brains that are just like, oh, that's what she meant to say, so that's what I hear. Mm-hmm. You do not, so... I'm assuming, listeners, do not have uh, perfect Heidi slash Rory as your second and third languages. Yes. Or the other way around, Rory, Heidi, as your second and third languages. Yes. Anywho. Although some may. <laughs> you know, a couple of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well... A uh, wreck? Qu- of question mark? <laughs> <laughs> you want to take that again? <laughs> we got there. We got the weird. I just want to leave it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Are you ready for a surprise? 
And there's music. Uh, I'm not so surprised, but okay. I mean, there's a one in three chance. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, Switchfoot just came out with a new album made, Native Tongue. Ooh. And I've listened to it a bunch of times, and it's great, and we should listen to it. Yes. And also, it's great. Um, yes. Switchfoot, Native Tongue is, uh, well, one, Switchfoot tends to write their albums knowing that they're writing an album, which just means that there's, like, lyrical motifs and stuff, which mm-hmm. is really neat. But also, musically, it sounds like, it sounds a lot more similar to a follow-up uh, to where the light shines through, yes, yay, which is what it is. But it also has a lot of like vice verses and other stuff mixed mm-hmm. in, which is really cool. Um, it feels very much like their whole career mm-hmm. is is encapsulated. And a lot of times when people talk about like, oh, this band lost touch with their roots, that's just nonsense. Everybody grows up and matures. But Switchfoot is very good at like you can see the earlier music in what they're doing now. Like it feels uh-huh. like if you listen to every album. From beginning to end, there's 11 of them. That's a big project. Right. But you get, like, a really cool sense of how they've developed. And yeah. Native Tongue is also just so good. Such a jam. Enjoy it. Listen to yeah. it. <laughs> Rory, what's your wreck of the week? So, it's, um, it has a lot of swearing, and it's quite, it's a movie. And it's quite rated R, so, like, it's a very specific wreck for a very specific type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, it is pop star never stop never stopping. Hmm. Um, with Andy Samberg and the Lonely Island. So, it's about like this pop star, obviously, mm-hmm. whose career is like going downhill after this one album he releases, and like it's just him trying to like figure that out and like he gets back with his old band the style boys he had with his two best friends from childhood and it's just there's like a lot of people in it like michael bolton sings in it (laughs) (laughs) with andy samberg and the lonely island oh boy um like there's michael bolton there's uh mariah carey is in it there's like a lot of random people sarah silverman is the like uh Media liaison, like advisor person. Is that her only cast (laughs) role? Go on. I mean, I'm not like I'm not upset at it. It's just that every time she's in something, it's like as the media news person. Yeah. Although in School of Rock, she was just the angry girlfriend of the brother. That's yeah. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) I was thinking of Rent, where she plays the proto Buzzfeed lady. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, do that if you're t- over a certain age and are okay with that. Yep. It's R, so I mean, just do that. Yeah. yeah. Know what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's good. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Cool. I will look into it. We'll see. Anywho, um, what's that? I heard something. It's the very beginning of Reese's It's Okay to Be Sad song. Roll credits! Our theme music is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP It's Okay to Be Sad. Uh, I edit the podcast and Rory and I produce it and we both do pre-production by reading and watching and listening to all the things. If you like this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes or become a sponsor on Patreon. If you really like this podcast, become a sponsor on Patreon and purchase our stickers or sponsor new merch. We love you so much and we'll see you next time. Just kidding. We'll hear not you. You'll hear us. Can you tell we're hungry?
So much. I need food so bad. Okay, bye. Ooh, I think we got tips. <laughs>